0: Philip Llanos, CEO, Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Thank you for joining the War Room today. We have James Donaldson with us uh, from Your Gift of Life and many other things that I'm sure you can recognize him from. Uh, but with that said, James, welcome to the show. Jason and I are so happy to have you here today.
1: Thank you. It's a real pleasure to be here today and to, you know, share some experiences and hopefully help a lot of people out there with things I've done and things all of us are doing to be better and be as best as we can be.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's there's something to be said about that. I, I usually uh, open up every conversation this way, and I hope you don't mind. I'll do it as traditionally as I always do. And that is by asking, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs?
1: No, not at all. Not at all. You know, I grew up in South Sacramento, uh, back then it was kind of in between, you know, lower class, a lower middle class kind of neighborhood, very diverse. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, Hispanics and blacks and, and white folks all hanging out together. This is what I grew up in, uh, all the way through high school. And so I didn't know a single entrepreneur when I was growing up. My my dad was a, a military guy for 20 years and a, a postal worker for 20 years. My mom was a, a, a factory foreman, uh, and that that was about it. So nobody I knew owned businesses or ran businesses then.
0: Wow! And yet you somehow uh, dug deep and and found a way to achieve more than most people are able to fit into a single lifetime, uh, let alone three lifetimes. So so I have to ask. Was there a driving force that drove you from point A to where you are now, That just something that that has stuck with you through all these years?
1: Well, you know, I think I, I, was, um, I was blessed to be around some really good mentors, uh, especially men, mentors that kept me on the straight and narrow, that kept encouraging me to, to do better, to do more, uh, to really tap into my potential. You know, my first, besides my dad, was my basketball coach back in high school. And, uh, you know, he saw potential in me long, long before I saw it. And then once I left Sacramento High School to go up to Washington State University, now I'm surrounded by a whole different class of folks, you know, entrepreneurs and professors and the college campus life and all of that. That really opened my eyes to the the great uh, realm of possibilities out there in front of me that I could pursue. Of course, I wanted to get my degree from the university, which I did um and then you know the doors of the nba opened up and i was able to pursue that dream but even in that world where i was surrounded by so many business people and entrepreneurs and folks that i really really you know took as role models and said wow this is what i want to do once my basketball career is over
0: nice and did you find it an easy transition getting from, or were there things that carried over from ath- athletics that went directly into business?
1: Well, I think a lot of things carry over from athletics to business. I mean, first of all, you know, you you learn to goal, goal plan. You set a goal. You work towards it, uh, especially as a team in a team environment. Uh, you learn the, uh, the value of persistence, of never giving up. Uh, you know, you're going to have good days. You're going to have some not so good days, but you just keep on plugging away with your eyes on the prize. And that's that's what sports teaches you. You know, in the NBA, we play 82 games. You're not gonna win all 82. So, you know, you walk away with, you know, 30 losses or so a season, 40 losses sometimes, but you learn from those losses. You get back to the drawing board, you make up another game plan and you go at it just as hard the next day. Uh, Life is no different. And this is what I'm always trying to encourage folks that, you know, they can really, you know, Pursue their dreams as well with success strategies that you have to put in place, and so uh, sports was really you know that that vehicle that I rode to great success and right. everything else I've been able to do in life.
0: Yeah, and so then you transition into the world of business. What's mm-hmm. one of the first things you decided to do with your newfound journey?
1: Well, you know, as an NBA player, I became entrepreneurial in and, and, and in a sense. Uh, I had a great player agent, player representative representative who really uh, looked out for me, looked out for my investments. So we got into a lot of investing uh, of my monies back in the 80s and 90s, uh, real estate investments. Uh, you know, uh, back in the 80s, uh, tax shelters were all the rage and all in vogue, uh, especially in California. So I did a lot of those kind of things. Uh, but always planning on you know the end game, the end result, and that was retirement, having a nest egg here for me when I retired from sports, and uh, that's what we worked on. So, being able to do those kind of things and become entrepreneurial, and then on my own, I was able, uh, especially when I got to the uh, Dallas Mavericks, where I was for seven years, I was able to invest in various different opportunities in the Dallas area, uh, you know, trying to. Leverage my my assets, leverage my monies to to work for me. Uh, some of them worked out, some of them didn't. But this is this is the price of tuition that we pay uh, as we learn along the way. Um, but you know, as long as things worked out more so than not worked out, I think that's the that's the valuable takeaway that you have. Uh, you're not always going to hit a home run, and you can't hit a home run unless you take a swing at the ball. So you got to take a swing every now and then and see if you can get to it.
0: Yeah. And before I go any further, I want to make sure I give Jason a chance to ask a question if he has it in there. I'm sure he does. He hasn't sure as a
2: million. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, here's what I love. And James, we've, brother, we've known each other for, yeah. gosh, it's been, it's been a
1: while, right? Yeah it's, um, been. And, well, please, yeah.
2: yeah. it's been a long time. And what I love about this whole thing is, you know, people talk about, military leadership and you know all these things right but but then you take like the sport arena right mm-hmm. and and all that it's all very correlate. it correlates right because right. all that leadership is the same you're leading a team in the military you're leading a team in basketball you led a team right yeah. you led a whole team of of professional basketball players and Those are the things that, uh, you know, when I first met you, that inspired me because, Mm. you know, I come, obviously, you know, I come from a long military background and all that stuff, right? But to see like that different perspective that you live through and then created this wonderful, the Donaldson clinics and and all these things that you created from that is amazing, right? Wow. Yeah. To, To step out of the professional MBA and just go, <laughs> right? <laughs> right? just take off and go. Right. And, yeah, it, right. you know, you did such a phenomenal job with that. And it's a Testament to that leadership is not just specific to one place. It's, it's, it, you know, you did it for years in the MBA and you mm-hmm. correlated all that across and, I mean, it's just an amazing journey that you've been on, and uh, I'm just—it's—I'm glad to have been able to kind of be on that journey a little bit with you. That's for
1: sure. Well, thanks. thanks. You know, I think uh, I think a couple of things prepare us for life better than most anything else. Uh, One is athletics and sports. The other is military service, uh, because you are into a structured environment of discipline following direction, leading other folks, and being an example of the right way to do things. And in this society that we live in now, so many people are missing out on either an athletic uh, experience and background. Nowadays, you know, in athletics, everybody gets a trophy from Little League on up (laughs) just for participating. And that's not real life, you know. And so, we do a disservice to our kids when we stop a little league baseball game when the score is 20, 20 to 2 or something like that and call the game off and everybody gets a trophy. That's not real <laughs> life. So, you know, sports and military service. My, like I said, my dad was a Air Force guy for 20 years. Uh, very, very strict in his upbringing with us. Very disciplined in his approach to life. He, he did his military exercises well into his 60s and 70 years of age. Uh, always in tip-top shape. And that that was him. And that's, that really was instilled in me. Uh, society today is made up of so many wimpy kind of people and victim mentalities that are just not going to serve you well if you're going to try to be the best you can be.
0: Yeah, I love that. And, and it needs to be said. You're right. I I, I come from none of that and have had to instill that in myself because it just didn't exist in my environment and then I was fortunate enough to have mentors like as you mentioned early on in your own life uh, were pivotal to what you did and I I can say firsthand that you've gotta you've gotta find a way to get those learnings those teachings to be part of your makeup whether it's through books or something because without that everything else will be a struggle and to That's this right. day I'm still you know, I took martial arts was really the one of the first times I ever finally found that, yeah. that, uh, that structure, which I consider a sport, you know, uh, yeah. not necessarily a team player, but it's <laughs> definitely a sport. Oh. Uh, so right. getting back to what happened, you were, you were at the Mavericks and you had already started stepping into the world of business and yeah. everything seemed to be going up. Most people that would be where they find their stride and just, Keep it coasting, but that's that's not where you stopped. you you sought more yeah. and you pursued and correct me if I'm wrong, but you you pursued a few things, uh, one of them being uh, uh, nonprofit sectors and and another also being in the public sector. Uh, so t- can you go into that and how yeah. that came about?
1: Well, when I was with the Mavericks from eighty five to ninety two uh, i I suffered my first major setback in my career. And that was a knee-threatening a knee injury, a career-threatening knee injury that put me on the shelf for about nine or 10 months. Uh, having to go through physical rehabilitation and exercises and nutrition and fitness and all these kind of things to, to remake myself. And during that time, uh, this very adverse time in my life, uh, a light bulb, I call it my light bulb moment, a light bulb went off and told me that, hey, if I can't play basketball anymore, and at that time, the prognosis wasn't very good. They hadn't seen a knee injury this serious. Um, if I can't play anymore, what is it I want to do? I was only 32 years old at the time. Uh, and the idea came to mind that, wow, this is what I want to do. I, I want to set up a chain of physical therapy clinics, just like I was engaged in down in Dallas, rehabbing my knee and getting it stronger and fit again. And that's what I set out to do. Um you know, we started up the Donaldson Clinic back in 1989, and it ran all the way until 2018. So we had a good 28, 29-year run uh, of multiple locations, serving the community, giving back to especially our elder, senior citizen population, uh, and physical therapy for everybody. And so that's that's where that idea came about of what I'm going to do after my basketball career, and sometimes we have to face some adversity in our life to make, us, to make us take a pause and just say, okay, what is it now? What, what next can I do if I can't keep, keep on doing this? And that's how that worked out for me. So um, I, just, I grew from that. I became a, a business entrepreneur at that point. I was no longer just an investor. I was a business owner with a, with a staff of 25, 35 employees multiple locations, and we did that for a good 28 years. I I came back and continued playing basketball another 10 years. Uh, Yes, and so I was managing and owning the business via a great clinical manager who was on site and the team that we put around him. And this is how for 10 years that business ran and I'd come home during the off season and I'd engage fully into the business for three or four months, and then take off again for another NBA season, uh, going to school at the same time during the summertime, picking up all my prerequisites for physical therapy. And so I just really wanted to you know, fully engage myself into the business and not just have my name on the business, but to actually know exactly what the physical therapist knew, what the, Massage therapist knew how the billing worked, uh, insurance, and all the rest of that. I learned on the inside, uh, worked my way to the outside, and kept on going.
0: Yeah, people talk about, oh, if only I had more time in the day. How were you? Because do- you were playing at a high level at all the things at all times on all yeah. things. So, yeah. is it your background in athletics and setting goals that really like helped you manage all that, or did you learn? On the job when you started doing all this, there's only the only way I'm going to be able to do all this and keep it going is to just grow as a person.
1: Or well, how, that was like pretty team oriented anyway. And so, uh, to carve out an hour or two every week to get on the phone, a conference call with the people at the clinic in Seattle, and I was down in Dallas, or from there, I went to New York, and then I went to Salt Lake City, and then I went overseas. Uh, I was carving out time every week, at least an hour or two, to talk with the managers to get updates, to read the financial statements, the profit and loss statements, uh, learning learning a lot of it on the go. I didn't take a lot of business courses back in school, uh, but I learned on the go and I had great people around me, a great team of professionals, my, my, my corporate attorney, my corporate CPA, my financial advisor. So we all worked as a team to make sure that this was going to uh, be as successful as it possibly could be.
0: Right. And so then somewhere along the way in the picture, you decide to launch your gift of life. Talk Um, to me about this.
1: Well, you know, the business ran well for 28 years, like I said, but back in 2015, I uh, underwent an emergency open heart uh, surgery, uh, real critical that saved my life. I mean, I almost lost my life at that point uh, with an aortic dissection, which is very, very serious. And only 2% of the people who have these kind of things make it through successfully. So I'll, I guess I'm a two percenter, I guess you can call me. Uh, <laughs> but but I, I made it through. Uh, but that was the first surgery, 2015, follow-up surgery, 2016. Uh, but during 2016, you know, my mother passed away. Uh, my wife walked out on our marriage and took her, took her son with her. And this was my stepson for many years um uh, my business, I wasn't able to focus on it as much as I had because I spent so much time flat on my back recovering from the surgeries that uh, it started just drifting along and not really churning like it was going for all those years. And so as it started drifting, uh, you know, we started getting a little bit financially challenged. I threw all my NBA life savings into it, trying to save it hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. Uh, And at the end, I wasn't able to save it. I had to finally close it down in 2018. Uh, And that took me into a world of depression and anxiety and suicidal ideations that I don't worse on my worst enemy. I mean, this is 2018. It was 12 months of just pure hell and darkness. And, uh, you know, when I finally started to emerge out of that, the the darkness started to lift a little bit. I I regained a sense of purpose of what it is I can do with my life. I lost everything. I lost my home uh, that I lived in for 40 years, lost my business, lost my life savings, my wife, my mom, my health, and uh, lost everything except my life, um, which I was threatening to take at any moment at my own hands. But I made it through all of that uh, at the end of 2018, and as that veil of darkness started lifting... I realized then that, hey, I still have a platform, Uh, a platform of a a very community-minded person, a business person, a former professional athlete, uh, a male, especially an African-American male, who can get out there and tell a story about, you know, what it is like to go through mental health challenges, and not even brought on by my own doing. It just was life events, one thing after another, that finally caught up with me, and and had me to the verge of taking my own life. And so at that point, I realized that with a foundation, with a nonprofit 501c3, I could do a lot of great work to help a lot of people around the country and around the world um, by having a, a website and a platform that has all these resources attached to it that I can help direct people to who are suffering from mental challenges of any sort. You know, we know that our veterans returning return to this country are suffering suicides of 25 a day around the country. And that's and just tragic. And many of them are homeless on the streets. So we need to do a better job of providing these kind of resources and services to everybody, because you never know. You never know when your life is going to turn totally upside down, totally beyond your control. And then what? You know, and so my encouragement to everybody is to keep on hanging in there. Please, please don't give up. Uh, There is a tomorrow. There is a bright side. And I named the foundation Your Gift of Life because life is indeed the most precious gift that any of us are blessed with. And if we throw it away or if we discount it or we abuse it, shame on us. Uh, We can do so much better. And that's what I encourage people to do.
0: There's just such a perspective that very few people get to have in life. I mean, you reached highs that people can only dream of. Mm -hmm. And then we're forced against your will to face lows that so many people face without the context of how good life can be. Almost like for a reason, if you look at it. And from there on, you have the inner strength to say no. I'm not going to, I'm not going to allow, I'm going to fight for all, all that I'm worth and all that I've got. And I still have my damn life. What am I going to do with this? Where am I going to start again? And you did. And, 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 and the fact that you can now spread the message and go, wait a minute. When I was there, there was nothing I could turn to, nothing I could do. Maybe people I knew, you know, I was going to lean on some of the things I had, but still there are people who don't even have that. How can I help those people and yeah. that's such an important demographic of society that just gets overlooked. Uh, there are very few people who openly talk about the ideations they have when it comes to suicide because of the challenges they face in life, whether self-imposed or literally mm-hmm. beyond their own control. And nobody raises enough of a platform for that. It's it's really refreshing to hear that. So I've got to ask, having that perspective, do mm-hmm. you find that that's a unique position? I, I don't know enough people, but to have that. You've reached those highs and you're still reaching highs, but you also hit some serious lows beyond uh, your your own uh, choosing. Did that give you a strange place, singular, in, in, in scope, in life? And did you feel that?
1: Well, it sure did, you know, and uh, dealing with mental health issues especially, uh, this is one thing that you really don't know a lot about unless you actually go through it. I actually went through it. And so... Uh, For 12 months, I was, you know, right on the verge of any day, especially when those impulsive voices start taking over your mind and telling you, just go ahead and do it. Go ahead and do it. You've got it all planned out. You know how you're going to end your life. Just do it. And you have to fight that that voice that keeps coming over you. I did the right things. And this is what anybody can do. This is what they should do. Reach out for medical professional help. Go see your doctor and get a diagnosis of what's going on. Uh, Get on prescription medication if your doctor prescribes that, which they did for me for about six months or so. Get a behavior health counselor in your corner or somebody, some therapist counselor that you can speak to. And then put two or three very close, intimate friends around you that you can call on at two, three, four in the morning when you can't get back to sleep, when those voices start running in your head again. And that's exactly what I did. A couple of my old coaches, matter of fact, were right there for me. Uh, Coach Lenny Wilkins with the Sonics, the Supersonics and Coach George Raveling from Western State University. Both these guys are in their mid-80s, but they were like a pair of crutches on either side of me, carrying me through. And they told me, James, we're not going to let you give up. You know, we're here for you and we want you to hang in there and do your best and we'll get you through this. And, and sure enough,
2: they did. Oh, man. It's powerful, brother. Yeah. It's really powerful. And you know already how important this is to me, hmm. um, this very mission that you're on. Um, I've lived through much of what you're talking about with combat tours. A lot of my boys struggle with uh, a lot of this mental health. You know, post-traumatic stress things like this, and we try to bottle it, right? That's that's yes. kind of yes. how we try to deal with it, right? And yeah. that's not always the right answer. And uh, you know, just listening to you talk, right? I can I can feel your passion, and it's choking me up too, because because mm-hmm. it's near and dear to my heart yeah. that we we have a bolder give back program. We try to take as many veterans off the street as we can, right?
1: Good, good.
2: And, uh, as many as before they get to eat in the gun, right? Yeah. Or, or slit in the wrist or whatever the case may be. Good. And, you know, it's like we have this platform that we can use to, to just do so much good in the world, right?
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah.
2: in my opinion, it's not an option. We're obligated to yeah. do it.
1: That's right. And,
2: that's right. And that's the way it should be.
1: Sign me up, Jason, to help out with those. You know, because really my my sweet spot are with our young generation of students, middle school, high school, especially, and with men, trying to get men to open up and realize they can't do it alone. But too many of us take it upon ourselves to do it alone. We don't even tell our spouses what we're going through half the time. Uh, we go to all kinds of very disastrous behaviors, uh, drinking and drugs and gambling and promiscuity and just ruining our lives, ruining our marriages, ruining our homes. This is men's behavior that we naturally resort to because we don't want to man up and, and admit that we have a problem and we need help. And so trying to get men to say, OK, it's OK not to be OK. It's OK to ask for help. And that will get us guys so much further along the road to recovery and a, st- a solid, stable ground to stand on again.
0: Wow. Uh, yeah, somebody needs to say it. And I'm glad- I'm just glad that I get to be a part of this conversation that yeah. addresses it from such a real place. Uh, I, I want to give you the floor, uh, James, to talk about uh, your organization and how people can help and be a part of it uh, with your gift of life.
1: Great, thank you very much, yes. Well, we, we're officially now uh, federally, uh, federally approved at the federal level with a tax ID number uh, to receive contributions, tax-deductible contributions. Uh, and so folks can feel free to go to our yourgiftoflife.org and help out. One of the beneficiaries that I've established for the monies that we raise, Is to help out students of color, especially who are going into the mental health professions, Uh, if they're going to be a therapist or a behavior counselor, or what have you, in the mental health profession field. We want to help out students um, by the dozens every single year and pay their tuitions onto school, and that way, when they graduate with their license in hand, they can go back to their communities that they come from—African American communities, uh, Hispanic. Asian, uh, Native American, LGBTQ, these communities are really, really struggling with mental health issues and all of them are very reluctant to reach out for help because they don't feel the therapist on the other side of the table is gonna to relate to them very well or look like them at all. And so we need more and more mental health professionals of color into the field and be able to get them back in their communities to help their communities. So. That's the big overall picture of what your gift of life will be doing in the years to come. But right now, you know, people contact me daily uh, via email. Uh, I've had men call me from all over the country, especially during the holidays back in December and January. And the holidays are one of the most treacherous times for anybody dealing with mental health issues. And these guys would call me up. And these are all guys in their 50s and 60s. Former athletes, former military people, and they just want to talk. And they see that I've been through what I went through. Um, my stuff is all over social media. I've put it out there on purpose so I can really make it visible and be vulnerable and let people know what I went through. So these guys call me up and they say, "James, hey man, uh, you know you went through this stuff and you made it through. Can can you help me? Can you just give me the encouragement?" The strength to get through what I'm going through. And I've helped at least a half a dozen guys since January uh, back off from the verge of suicide and regain their footing again to a more purposeful life again. Um, it takes work, but I'm seriously passionate about it. Uh, I tell people this is my next chapter in life. I mean, I've, I've done the sports, I've done the community stuff, I've done the politics, I've done the business. Next chapter in life is being a voice and an advocate for mental health awareness and suicide prevention.
0: Man, what a powerful journey you're on. And it stands to reason that because you chose to do this, something will be done about it. Uh, without question uh so thank you so much for doing that uh there's there's a lot to go through with this uh i, I could sit here and ask you know if there was one thing that you could tell so, uh, your 18 year old self looking back on what you know now what would you say to them
1: you know uh meeting such great uh veterans from our military service like my dad like jason uh and like so many others in my life uh, i wish I had had done a tour of duty somehow in one of the military branches. Um, I should have followed my father's footsteps and went into the Air Force, at least for a few years, maybe not 20 years, but for a few years. Uh, It can be done. You know, the great uh, NBA player, David Robinson, was a Navy midshipman uh, for a couple of years before his NBA career. And now he's in the NBA Hall of Fame. So it can be done. And that's probably the one regret, the one thing that's left off of my resume of things that I did not get accomplished was to become uh, enlisted into one of our military branches um, because I have such respect for them and I understand now what they fought so long and hard for, what they gave their lives for, uh, for our freedoms and our liberties that we have and what they continue giving their life for. They're still paying the price at 25 suicides a day. we can do better. Our our VA can do so much better. And and I hope that one day we get the political will to really shake it up and really get on top of this kind of issue that's going on.
0: Man, powerful stuff. And and if, if I may, just one grand finale. And before I do that, I wanna just check in with Jason because I know that I've just been going off with the questions. Jason, you got anything you, you got
2: anything you want to ask? No, just that, you know, service comes in a lot of ways, brother. That's yeah. for sure. And you know, we, we can we can always say we wish we would have done something, and you have served. In my yeah. eyes, you have served, yeah, and, right. and you continue to serve, and nobody can ever take that away from you.
1: Yeah, no, I understand. I, I do serve. I'm a <laughs> servant-type leader. That's what I want to be, and I keep on giving back, but uh, yeah, that's the one thing that's missing that I, I would have been proud to serve this country as well, not just the communities that I've lived in.
0: Man, this yeah. is such a great conversation. And then the grand finale is, James, if uh, if you could have chose, if you could have your pick, pick of the litter, dead or alive, who you wish could have been an additional guest here today for this conversation, who would that be and why?
1: You know, I, I have to go back to my, my dad, uh, James Sr. Uh, he just passed away last year at 94 years of age. And he lived a great, wonderful, wonderful life, uh, giving to his country, uh, being a a government employee for 40 years, uh, being a fantastic father for me and my three siblings, um, a, a great role model for me, especially. And he was so proud of me for my accomplishments, especially in sports and business that he got a chance to see. Uh, he didn't see me go through my mental challenges I went through and the work I'm doing now, but uh, he would have been so proud of the work I'm doing. So it would have been great to have him along with me in this conversation. So he could really, um, you know, sh- sit there with his chest swelled up a little bit and say, wow, that, that's my boy. And he stayed, he stayed on task. To do all the things that I hoped he would have done with his life.
0: You know, I, I can't thank you enough for just being who you are, James. Not not a lot of people take the time to achieve excellence and to push others further into excellence along with them, and to to go back into their communities and and lift them just a little higher, if not as much higher than they than they were before. And just at every point in which way that i hear your story you just you've lived and you are living you are alive and people know about it and it's it's something we can all just hope and strive for and do our best to to mirror every single day of our lives it's it's just that's the kind of story and legacy that you're creating and uh i'm very grateful that i got a chance to be a part of a conversation that
2: illustrated this point so thank Thanks. you those
0: are my those are my thoughts J- uh, jason any closing thoughts
2: Yes, just that uh, we're we're making you a part of our mission now, and right. you all always have been. It's not like you weren't, right? So, sure, sure, um,
1: sure.
2: Always a part of my mission, no matter what. But uh, we can deepen that now, and we want to use this forum to do that. To uh, bring people into this forum that we can share your story, share. The things that you've been through in life, your experiences, your highs and lows and lefts and rights and ups and downs and sideways and all those things. It's a true success story. And what you're doing now to, to, I I like to say, uh, I've always been on a mission to eradicate suicide with veterans.
1: Good. right?
2: And uh, that's a tough challenge, right? (laughs) To, To do that. But I like a challenge. And, yeah. Yeah. you know, folks like us, we can do it. We can make it happen. Well, right? we, we got to use these platforms to make that happen. That's
1: right. <laughs> that's right. Well, that, that may be another beneficiary I can plug into my my foundation is uh, to help with veteran suicides on a, on, they happen yeah. on a basis. You know, this point in my life now, I feel like the work I'm doing now is so much rewarding than anything else I've ever done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have all the material trappings I used to have. I lost my house. I lost my life savings. I lost my business. I lost my wife. I lost my mom. Lost my health. But the work I'm doing now is so much more rewarding than all those things put together that I'm looking forward to another 20, 30 years of just being able to make a difference and to keep on giving back and and being that servant leader that I know I can be.
2: I'm well, gonna fun. call you the ultimate servant leader. That's oh, what I'm oh,
1: going. Thank <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks. Got a lot of work to do out there, so let's get yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah,
2: that's right. <laughs> that's right. Oh. Well, hey, I always like to end with this, my friend, and that is it's 168 hours in the week. You know, mm-hmm. thank you for stopping by here and Thanks. spending just a few short moments in time with us. Yeah. Um, it's easy to get busy doing everything we do but these are important conversations and they are conversations that matter. So thank you for taking your platform and your talent and dropping them on our audience today.
1: You're very welcome, Mina. I do wanna say one last thing. I mean, I I was able to chronicle uh, my whole life in 2018, exactly what I went through. I put it into a published book that came out last January, a year and a half ago. Uh, It's called Celebrating Your Gift of Life. And just uh, from the verge of suicide, back to a life of purpose and joy. And, uh, you know, folks can, there there we go, there we go.
2: Folks, (laughs) There it is right there, Celebrating Your Gift of Life.
1: If you go to the website, (laughs) uh, it comes directly to me, and I put a nice inscription in there, a positive message for you. Uh, Amazon's not going to do that, you know, Barnes and Noble's not going to do that, but but I do that for you if it comes directly to me. Or you can buy it from any of the online retailers as well. Celebrating your gift of life and uh, because life truly is a celebration. Amazing. Amazing. Yes it is.
2: Well again, thank you for being here brother and uh you know you have our support.
1: Uh love you guys. Can't wait to see All you. Right. All right. Cheers. Thanks. Have a great day. Bye-bye now.
2: All right.